0: Our passage today is, comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 11, and our sermon title today is God Equips His Church. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you are led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. If you scour the internet nowadays, you'll see that there are many books on business management of how to hire people that matches with your, perhaps, your ethos or your philosophy or your goals in terms of what you want the business to look like. There are strategies that's more top bottom you have someone at the top who tells everyone else what to do you have other strategies where everyone is sort of given more freedom and these have assignments to do and they sort of know what they're doing and then you get together and people have been always trying to figure out what is the best way to run a business to run an organization to maximize profits or to maximize its effectiveness And this goes on here at the church level all the time as well. People are always asking the question, how do you build a church to maximize, perhaps, its effectiveness? How do you build a church that is able to sort of encounter the world and to speak into the world? Or... When I join a church, what's my role? Where do I fit? What do I do? And oftentimes people go to churches and they're looking for something to do. And then when you go to church and sometimes they like, there's nothing for me to do here. The question we have to ask ourselves is, Are we trying to build a church or are we allowing God by his spirit through his word to build a church according to scripture and according to God's plan? Today and two weeks from now, we'll be talking about how God equips his church. And I want every single one of you to really start thinking what are my gifts? If God called me to CCPC, if this is my church, then I must have something to offer. And you do. There's not one person here who knows the Lord Jesus Christ, who does not have the gifts by the Holy Spirit to serve this church for the glory of God, for the good of the people around us. There are three things I want to talk through as we see in this passage. First of all, Paul wants everyone to understand that spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the only people who have the gifts or the spiritual abilities to build the church are those who can confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. You see, he's comparing it to the idols who are mute. That they used to worship. And what he's saying is that these mute idols couldn't tell you what to do to serve them. So you sort of just figure it out on your own. Maybe this idol wants this, maybe that, maybe more food offerings, maybe more gold. But the spirit that we serve. The Holy Spirit that lives in us, screams and shouts with our being that we belong to the Lord. And that's the first thing that we have to understand, that finding our spiritual gift is not something that we do aside from our Christianity or aside from our belief, but we have to understand that our spiritual gifts come from our understanding that we are children of God. And it's in our proclamation of Jesus being our King and our Lord that starts. That that's our starting point. Nothing else. Nothing more. This should be freeing to all of you. You shouldn't be looking at yourself going, what is my spiritual gift? And being confused of of what you can do. You shouldn't be looking at yourself going, "I, I have nothing to offer. Because once you proclaim that Jesus is Lord, Jesus equips you to serve the church. And there's no doubt about that. That he calls you with the gifts that he will give to you to help the church to mature. If you don't know God, if you don't know who he is, if you want to serve his church and be on his agenda for what he wants to do in this world, God asks you to come to him. And it's that love you have for him that at the same time gives you the gifts that you need. Now, there are several things I want to talk about in terms of these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. First of all, we, we see that God's the one who gives the gifts to the church, but there is a difference between Holy Spirit giving gifts, given gifts and natural gifts. And we confuse the two sometimes. We confuse the two, too. <coughs> sometimes we look at ourselves and we say, "What gifts do we have?" And we go, "Well, I play guitar, I'm good with numbers." I run a company, um, I love kids, um, and, and, and all of these natural gifts that you have. And you start thinking to yourself, I guess these are the gifts that I have to bring to the church. And what usually happens is that, oh no, there's a praise team, all the spots are filled, oh well, I guess I can't do anything. Or, oh well, look, the, the, there's the kids ministry, they have all these teachers, I love kids, Oh, I guess I have to go somewhere else. And when you start equating your natural abilities to your spirit to spiritual giftings, you start to look at it as something that I have to offer with the natural abilities that God has given me by His providence to the church. But the difference between naturally given gifts and spiritually given gifts. Now, I'm not saying there's not overlap. I'm not saying that there's going to be some times when you have these natural given gifts that God will use by his spirit to lead people into worship, to love children, to help with certain ministries that sort of really tug at your heart. But we need to think outside of our natural Gifts that the Lord has given us. Holy Spirit-given gifts are gifts that God has given us that may or may not coincide with your natural gifts. Let me say that again. Holy Spirit-given gifts may or may not coincide with what you're naturally good at. And it's okay. Okay. Oftentimes, God uses the weak. God uses those who, who have, do not have the natural ability in order to do what God intends to do. Remember Moses? God says, Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And Moses says, I don't want to talk. That is not my natural gift. And then first... God relented and sent Aaron with him. But later on, what happens? Moses leads his people. He speaks. The Apostle Peter is a fisherman, not very well educated. If you read the epistle, Peter's epistles and Paul's epistles, you read the read the original Greek and you read the, the rhetoric and how they write. Peter is not a very good writer. You just said, Peter, you know what? You're a fisherman. You make a good deacon. <laughs> just serve. You know, you just, you, just, you just don't have it. But God called him. And upon your confession, Peter, I will build my church. They became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. There are times when what we think God wants for us, according to our natural abilities, that that and that alone is how God's going to use us. But the Holy Spirit works differently. Yes, yes, the first place you might go to is what you're good at and what you like, but you must expand your mind. The first thing that we learn about the gift that God has given to the Holy Spirit is that it is for the common good, in verse 7, for the common good of the church. <coughs> that the purpose of any spiritual gift that he's given to you is for you to seek the common good of Of the people of God. And so the question that you you ask yourself is not simply naturally, what can I do to help, but what can I do, whatever it may be, that the church needs for their common good to grow together in faith? And this can mean any position, any ministry. That is needed in the church. It comes from a willingness, a humility to do whatever it takes so that the church will grow according to the Lord's plan. I remember my days when I used to go to church and not be a pastor at a church. And I went to this one church and I was. I was a seminary student i had taught before many times and i went to this new church and i became a member and you know people said hey you're a seminary student why don't you be a bible study teacher why don't you you know um help with the youth ministry and, and things like that and and i and i said well is there a need they go well you could we could find you a place And i said well just tell me what's." What's the biggest need that you have what can I do for the common good of this church if I could say it that way they said well we need greeters okay I'll do that because are you okay doing that? I mean you're a seminary student right you' you've, you've got all these gifts and abilities and stuff are you okay just being a greeter? I go yeah what's nothing wrong with being a greeter And so for the whole year, I was just passing out bulletins, greeting people, saying hello. Got to know people, got to hear some stories. And people started to, I don't want to boast, but people started talking about me. Hey, who's that greeter, that Asian kid who keeps smiling all the time? It's a nervous smile, right? As Asians, we smile when we're nervous. You know? Who's smiling all the time? And it was, oh, that's the, the new... Uh, he's he's a new member here and he, he's just serving. And there's a thing for, for all of us is that you just don't know how God's going to mix things up. You don't know. It is not all the lawyers and doctors and successful businessmen who become leaders of a church. Nor is it those people who look like they're in a lower echelon society who has to be the deacons and the hands and the feet. But we need to open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to see that God can use any of us in any way as long as we seek the common good of the church, to love the body, to grow the body of Christ. And that's where we come to the third point, right? He says in verse. 11, and all of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Are you willing to submit yourself to the Spirit to give you whatever gift He gives you? Again, the Bible has examples of all of this. The prophet Jonah. He's called to be a prophet. You go to Nineveh. Jonah, are you going to accept God's will? No. (laughs) Runs away. But God brings him back. He still prophesies, but against God's will. But God uses him. There are people like I will say myself, I am a reluctant pastor. I think I always will be until the Lord calls me home. But I'm not here because I feel like I have natural gifts. Because I'm called. There are some of you God will put in places to serve this church where you do not feel comfortable but you know you're being used by the Lord. And when you know you're being used by the Lord in that uncomfortableness, then you know that the Spirit is working because all glory goes to Him because you know it's not you. It's God working. When people come up to you and say, thanks for leading worship today. Or people come up to you and say, thank you for that word of encouragement today. Or people say, you're really good with kids. And you look at them going, what are you talking about? But you know they're not saying it to be nice, but they're saying it because they're really blessed by it. All glory goes to our God and goes to our King. God has this way of building a church that is not according to our own plan and understanding of people and their abilities. God apportions his gifts according to his wisdom. Our duty is not to pigeonhole ourselves or pigeonhole other people to look to love this church. And as God develops whatever gifts that we have, God surprisingly puts us in places that we never thought we would be. All for His glory. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if we had churches, if we had people in our church who were CEOs, Come here, and they were just simple, regular people who like to babysit kids. And they rejoice in that. Or could you imagine someone who's not looked highly upon in this world becoming an elder and in charge of the spiritual maturity of this church? you imagine what that would look like and the glory that would go to the lord this same holy spirit that lives in you is the same holy spirit that will apportion the gifts in this church to help this church to grow Find it by serving one another for the common good, wherever the, the need may be. And then we, as God's brothers, as sisters and brothers in the church, encourage one another. Be truthful. Go, yeah, I don't know if you're good for kids. <laughs> but honor one another. God is building this church. And if you are a member of this place. Not only have you been called to the Lord, but you have been given gifts and abilities for the maturity of this place. Lastly, this is a short excursion. I hope everything will will come together. There's a... (coughs) um, People always talk about this in our context, especially if you grew up in the Korean church, about the extraordinary versus the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps some of you heard people say, listen, isn't one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, prophecy that they can foretell the future, foretell what's going to happen? is it one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit healing that, you, that someone can touch someone and, and heal them? Isn't one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit on um, tongues in terms of a, a real language that is spoken and that someone else can interpret that and tell you what's being said? You know, it's not gibberish. It's actually a real language. And so these, these gifts that, that Paul's talking about here, aren't these the gifts that we are trying to, to attain to? Aren't these the gifts that God wants us to have? There's a bit of context here that we have to understand. During this time, the apostles were alive. And the apostles themselves were extraordinary offices in an extraordinary time. Jesus himself was the Messiah, and he gave the power to these apostles to do what? To cast out demons in his name. That when they declared something, it became the word of God we have the gospels we have paul's letters we have peter's letters that they themselves spoke in tongues and got direct revelation from god these were exciting times in the new testament because jesus had just had just ascended to heaven the holy spirit came down and the apostles were sent to build these churches and God's spirit worked supernaturally in, in many people. There were those who were what we call New Testament prophets, just like Old Testament prophets, who would be in these churches and would go to the the, uh, the, the officers and say, listen, I have a prophecy from the Lord. Can I share it with the people? And these prophecies were were words of wisdom of, of how to lead the church or, or where to or or what changes the churches had to get done. And you might say that was that's an exciting time to live. And I, and I think it was. But what happened is that after that generation passed away, we no longer have apostles. That office passed away. There's no such thing as an apostle anymore. If you see if you hear someone say, My name is Apostle so and so, they don't mean it the same way. Believe it me, they don't mean it the same way. If they do, go to a different church. <laughs> you know, they don't mean it that way. Okay, They don't mean that they have direct revelation from God. They don't mean that, look, I'm on the same level as Paul and Peter, and you've got to listen to me just like Paul and Peter, because I speak the very words of God. That office has passed away. And along with that office has passed away the office of the New Testament prophet as well. There's no one here who could prophesy about where this church should go. That's not simply built upon us prayerfully praying, sharing, asking God for wisdom. No one could just stand up and say, God just told me that this church should do X, Y, and Z. And we'd be like, oh my goodness, wow. Never thought about that. That must be from the Lord Himself. We know this also because from 1 Timothy chapter 2 when Paul is trying to prepare the church for the next next generation and forward, he says what the church needs now are elders and deacons. That's the leadership of the church now. He doesn't say, okay, for the next generation, we need to find the next apostles. We need to find the next prophets. He gets the church ready for what the church will be until the Lord comes back. And when he talks about the elders and the deacons, you, you look at the, the qualifications. It doesn't say he can prophesy. It doesn't say he can speak in tongues. It doesn't say he has the gifts of healing. It talks about the moral rectitude of these people before the Lord. And the new norm today of what God wants us to have is for us to not to seek the gifts that were of this era, but seek the gifts that God gives us today in the present time. I will say this, though, that these gifts have changed. They've been redefined in some way. So if someone says they speak in tongues, it really doesn't mean for 99.99% that they're actually speaking a different language. just means that they're, they feel blessed by doing it. Whatever this is, they're being blessed by it. It doesn't mean that we don't see healing going on. Healing does go on. People do get healed. But there is not that one person who has a gift of healing who runs around and just heals people. The gift of prophecy has changed into people who have the gifts of wisdom that we seek for counsel. And the gift of prophecy is simply the gift of the Word of God that we have today. But I will say this at the very end. The spiritual gifts that God is talking about, that we already said was for the common good, that when we look at even these gifts here, For this time period, there's something in common that we need to embrace. That whatever we do, there's a proclamation of God's word, right? There's a desire to follow his will, and to know his will. There's a desire, number three, to move his kingdom forward. And so even in the ordinariness of the gifts that you have, you're looking over kids, you're setting up chairs, you're leading worship, whatever you may be doing, there's in your heart, by the Holy Spirit, a desire to make Jesus known. I'm going to make Jesus known by helping these kids. I'm going to make Jesus known you by setting up these chairs because I'm going to figure out what's the best way they're going to sit so that they can worship well together. We can worship well together. I'm going to figure out how to be the best greeter so I can smile and welcome people. I'm just going to love people and tell people about the gospel and pray for them. I'm going to speak truth and love into. People's lives who are around me. This is the common good that God wants for us to have. So wherever you are, brothers and sisters, in your stage of life, married, married with children, engaged, single, college kids, wherever you may be, Look to serve one another. Look to step out of your comfort zone. Learn to love one another in the Lord and let God's Spirit and His grace flow from you. Let's pray. <coughs> Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy, and we rejoice in you and in you alone. We ask of you, Lord, to build this church, Lord, not according to our own plans, but according to yours and yours alone. Father, every one of us, Lord, many of us think, you know, I can't do that, or that's not my gift, or you know what, I'm, that's not just the way I'm I'm wired and things like that, but God, you do amazing things. You take those who are quiet, you make them into leaders. You take those who may be leaders in this world and you turn them into servants. You do everything in between, Lord God. I pray, Lord, for all of us that you put in our hearts a love for this church and a love for making your name known. And I pray that we would look in ourselves, Lord, and see not only our natural gifts, but ask you, God, if I have spiritual gifts that are totally different from what I like or I enjoy, show, them, show that to me, Lord God. Show that to me. Even if it's hard to do, if somehow I'm blessing people by doing things that I never thought I could do, let me do it, Lord God, for your glory. For Lord, your spirit does not work according to the wisdom of, of men. Your spirit does not work that way. But your spirit always surprises, Lord, to keep us humble and to exalt your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.